0: This is the Ipsy SDA Media Network. The sermon today is entitled Preaching Jesus. And I would like to say up front that I would be peaceful, but some may not appreciate some of the things that I would say. So I'm asking the spirit to work with me so that I can speak truth that may prick, but not drive away. You know what I'm talking about. In the month of April, we'll be having a great month Unfortunately, I will be away on vacation for two Sabbaths, but I'll be here the last two Sabbaths in April, and so I'll be here with uh, our young preacher, a young man that has given his life to God, and we'll be here with Pastor Darlene Thomas. Uh, Sister Carmona, it's good to see you in the house. Uh, Please excuse my absence when your husband will be here next Sabbath. But I'll be in Guyana at the time. Father, just come and deliver your word today. In Jesus' name, let the saints all say, Amen. This is an old story. Kathy, thank you for reading the scripture so well. An old story. But the connection to today is undeniable. The proclamation Philip made back then is the specific article, not A, but the reason for our existence as a church today. Back then, Philip the Evangelist proclaimed the good news about Jesus. Today, we should be about proclaiming the good news about Jesus. Philip was one of the seven deacons, or lay leaders, chosen by the apostles to help with the work of Christ. Stephen, another deacon, chosen to do the same thing, to spread the good news, was stoned to death as Saul watched approvingly. Saul was the fanatical Pharisee who was ravaging the church by entering house after house, dragging both men and women out, committing them to prison. Acts 8 verse 3. Take note, my friends, today. The good news of Jesus was being preached in spite of great persecution. I will be making three points today, but just take note of this. Persecution is no excuse to not preach the good news. Despite persecution and the death of His spiritual brother Stephen, Philip boldly proclaimed the good news of Jesus and his kingdom in Samaria. And many were converted to the truth. Our story today comes from verse 26. Then an angel of the Lord said to Philip, get up and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. There Philip met the Ethiopian this high official of Candace's court. Please take note of this fact. Philip was obedient to God. And when he heard where he was to go to spread the good news, he obeyed. When it comes to spreading the good news, God's children will listen and obey. Commentators have opined that if Philip were following his own dictates, his own will, he would have gone north instead of south. Sometimes we believe that God doesn't know what he's doing when he tells us to go in a particular direction because for us, that's not where we need to be. Philip was obedient. This Ethiopian, this man of color, has had heard the message that God is one. He was a God fearer. We are told that he was one of those. Gentiles who became a spiritual Jew but he didn't know Jesus how is that possible he was reading Psalm 53 Isaiah 53 rather and as he was reading it Philip was told this man loves God but he doesn't know Jesus Let me pause for a moment to explain this. There are some people right now, not only in this city, but in our circle who may love God, but they don't know Jesus. We must be careful not to discredit them Or to throw them out. Or to discard them. Because they don't know the Jesus we know. We know Jesus. This Ethiopian did not know Jesus. He had heard. Of the work of God. When around him. All the nations were worshipping plural gods. The God of fire, and the God of wind, and the God of stone. Somehow it it caught his attention when there was someone talking, saying, Behold, O Israel, the Lord God is one. And that caught his attention. He said, I cannot believe in a religion that has plural gods. Because what kind of religion that needs a God for everything. I want to believe in a religion that has one God who can do all things. He didn't know Jesus. He was reading from the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. I had the opportunity to go to Israel a number of times. And on my first visit, went to the museum to see this scroll that was found at Qumran, one of the caves, in a jar. A little shepherd's boy was just out doing some stuff, and he found the complete scroll of Isaiah. There it is displayed in Israel. And this man was reading, for he... Shall grow up before him as a tender plant. Do we know who we're talking about? It's Jesus. And as a root out of a dry ground. Do we know who we're talking about? Let me hear you say it. Jesus. And when we shall see him. Who? Jesus. There is no beauty that we shall desire him. He, Jesus, is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid as were, were our faces from him. He, Jesus, was despised. This morning we're talking about preaching Jesus. Surely he, Jesus, born of a griefs, And carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he, what everybody, Jesus, was wounded for our transgressions. He, Jesus, was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. When it comes to spreading the good news, God's children will listen and obey his instructions. We're not going to take a position, God, I can't go there. Because it doesn't seem likely that's where you want me to be. We can say, God, that's going south. Why am I going to Gaza? I need to be in Jerusalem. God has a work for us in Gaza. Our problem is not that God doesn't speak. It's that we don't listen. And when we listen, sometimes we don't hear. And we don't obey. My repetitious articulation of the name Jesus was on purpose. I wasn't being blasphemous. As a church, we can be well intentioned in what we emphasize. Hear me out. But sometimes we can be so denominationally focused that Jesus gets lost in our desire to distinguish ourselves from others. Let me say that again. As a church... We can be well-intentioned in what we emphasize, but sometimes we can be so denominationally focused that Jesus gets lost in our desire to distinguish ourselves from others. Our salvation Is only possible through Jesus. Our salvation. Is only possible through Jesus. Preacher what are you talking about? Well I'm so glad you asked. It is well and good. To study the 2300 day prophecy got news for you it can't save you it is well and good to study the three angels messages but sometimes just maybe a little bit our emphasis is so much on Babylon the beast his image that we forget the message about these three angels is saying, prepare that Jesus is coming. We can be so focused in describing the beast. We want to know what it looks like, what country he represents. And we spend little time talking about Jesus, who he is. People may hear the message and tremble. And I've heard preachers say, if people are going to be forced into heaven by fear, so be it. Well, God don't want us to be afraid of him. He wants us to respond to his love. So when we preach... The three angels' messages, we must remember that we are talking about a Jesus who loves sinners. And it's the same Jesus who will be returning to earth. It is all well and good to proclaim the fundamental beliefs, the 28th fundamental beliefs of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. But if Jesus is not front and center in what we present, we are wasting time. I love my church. I'm glad at the age of 16 when God led me to this church. But I can tell you that over time, my experience has been where some have elevated the church above the word of God. It's, it's like the writings of the spirit of prophecy. I believe that Ellen White was inspired by God. That he gave her a message to this church for this time. But sometimes we talk so much of Ellen White that people want to know who is this woman. What people should, not, what people should be asking is not who is Ellen White but who is Jesus. We need to spend more time with the word and proclaiming the good news from the word. Ellen White herself said, she is the lesser light that leads to the greater light. But we say that with ease. But our practice is always Sister White says. Sister White says. And so a youth grew up being afraid of Sister White this wonderful God-fearing woman who was a loving mother. My salvation is based solely on my acceptance of one, two, three things. How many things did I say? You'll find them in this story. This eunuch was God fearing, he respected God, he didn't know Jesus, he'd heard some stuff. The angel said to Philip, Go south, I have an appointment for you. Hop into his chariot and talk with him. And as they had the conversation, Three things became very clear. This eunuch was asked the question Do you understand what you're reading? That's the first thing Philip said to him when he got into the chariot. He said, No, I don't. How could I accept somebody teach me? That's where you're coming, Elder Perry. Somebody got to teach. But what are we teaching? The first thing that Ethiopian needed to know was that he was a sinner. The second thing he needed to know that it was Christ who sacrificed his life for him. And the third thing he needed to know, it is Christ who will give him the power to live the sanctified life. We can get so carried away that others can't help but think that our salvation rests in the foods we eat. You ask people who know us and what they know of us, it's kind of sad. We don't eat pork. We don't go to the movies, that's some of us. We don't dance. We don't use alcohol. That's what they, how they refer to us. Wouldn't it be wonderful when somebody says, 7th The Adventists, these are people who love Jesus. That should be number one. The reason it is not, it is because what we emphasize. Nothing is wrong in teaching what we ought to eat and how we should dress. I am glad, you know, I, I have two daughters. You know, they're, they're not little anymore. i 40 and 35, they're old. But, but I recall in my home, you know, how they felt about daddy's stance, going to the movies. They, they, they took off and they went without my knowledge. They went to the movies. And then one pierced her ears. Wow. What's going to happen now? I love my daughters. And I have to apologize for the way we emphasize that they don't love God. Because they choose to dress a certain way, I am happy that as a church now, people can come to church and be comfortable coming as they are, and no one has to tell them you need to take this off and take this on. Because our salvation is in Jesus. Now, 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 hold a minute. I know some folks will say, Pastor, we don't wear jewelry. It's okay for you not to wear jewelry that's all right it's okay you shouldn't feel that you are not part of us the issue is that we need to spend more time emphasizing who Jesus is by the way we relate one to another now I'm going to say something that may get us into trouble I believe this is my belief that God in his infinite love, wisdom, and mercy does not allow some people to become part of us. Stop and think about that. Because I have seen people who have worked in our system, came in well and good, And the way they were treated, they lost their sight and hold upon God. Right in our denominational work. When I worked in the Ontario Conference, we had a young lady of Asian descent. And the way she was treated, she left the church. Maybe she would have been saved as God's child if God had sent her to someplace else. I believe this is our message. We ought to preach it. But we need to be careful about how and when the Spirit works. He comes and He goes how He wants. You see, the goal is we are to work with the Spirit. But sometimes we behave as if the Spirit is to work with us. Philip, after hearing this thing about Jesus, he simply asks, Seest thou water? What hinderest thou me from being baptized? I'm pausing. Because you know, if it was one of us, well, theologian trained ministers from the seminary, we'd have said, Well, Mr. Eunuch, I gotta give you some studies for three months. I-, I I have to I have to prepare you. Well, there are three things a person needs to be baptized. One, he must know that he's a sinner. Two he must know that Christ died for him. And three, he must know that whatever he does afterwards, how good it is, it is only because of Christ. That's what he needs to know. Here is Peter in Acts 2 preaching on the day of Pentecost. And it says that the Spirit came down and people began to speak in tongues. And the Bible says that the godly people said, Peter, these people are drunk. Could you imagine that? That God-fearing people couldn't tell when others were under the spirit. They are drunk. And Peter said, wait, well, it's only the third hour. People don't drink so early in the day. It's not late enough. They're not drunk. They're drunk. Uh, surrendering to the Holy Spirit and Acts 2 verse 39 of 40 says that 3,000 were added to God's kingdom that day the next verse gives a very interesting statement very interesting statement it said That when they were added, they continued in the fellowship. In other words, baptism is not the end of anything. It is the beginning. So when somebody says that I'm a sinner, Christ died for me, and I want to live under the unction of the Holy Spirit... Who am I to say you're not ready to be baptized? That's very audacious of me. Do I know more than God? What if God said to someone this morning, "I want you to drive to 402 South Adams." You've been led by the Spirit. You don't know you've being led by the Spirit, and you're here today, and the Spirit says, you recognize that you're a sinner. The Spirit says you recognize that Jesus is your only Savior. And the Spirit says that the life you will live after, it can only be lived by the indwelling of Christ. And you say, Pastor Liverpool, seest thou water? What hinderest thou me? Well, I don't mind going back in the pool today. I would have no problem. You can study afterwards. There is nothing that says, you see, sometimes we take people's salvation in our own hands. I don't know when somebody walks out of here today what that person would meet up with tomorrow. When I was in Toronto, we had a citywide at escape. And a 12-year-old young lady decided to respond to the appeal for baptism. Baptism. Her parents were staunch, devout Adventists. She was given to me as one of the groups for me to work with. To me, that was a cakewalk, because I knew her father very well. He was an organist, knew him very well. And to my surprise, They said, no, she's not ready. Well, how you mean she's not ready? She talks back, she doesn't clean her room, and she's rude. She's not ready. And in as much as a friend of mine, Pastor Shaw, we went and we pleaded with them, they said no, this is another Shaw, Whitford Shaw. We pleaded with them and they said no. Fast forward five years. She's now 17. And the father calls me. Pastor, when you come and talk to my daughter, she doesn't want to go to church anymore. She's reached that age when they're sleeping, she's leaving. She's out at night. They can't control her. And I went being obedient. And she said, No, I'm not getting I'm not baptizing. I don't know how it ended. But I want to make this point. We need not play God when somebody says, I want to be baptized. We need to appreciate when a person says, I know I am a sinner. That person can speak for himself. Our problem is we try to speak for others but not for ourselves. We know who are sinners. We need to know ourselves who we are. The FBI, I'm told, spend time looking to find fake money, to identify it, to know when somebody shows up with counterfeit money, they can spot it. My understanding is that the FBI agents who work in this department, Michael, they spend all, A-L-L, all of their training looking at real builds. They know every groove, every letter, The size, the shape, the scope. They study only real bills. And because they are so entwined and knowledgeable with the real bills. As soon as the fake comes up, they can spot it. We need to spend time with the real Jesus. Don't be following fake anything the more time we spend with the real Jesus we will know when Babylon shows up we will know what the mark of the beast is we will know the beast in his image we don't have to wrestle with if it's in America or Russia or China we simply need to spend time with Jesus Our problem is that we are too focused on denominational truths. We like to tell people we have the truth. Well, the last time I checked, it says Jesus is the truth, the way, and the life. Yes, people ought to know what we were about. Acts 2, they continued in fellowship thereafter. So today, What am I saying to you today? I simply want to make the point. Very, very simple. When it comes to spreading the good news, God's children will listen and obey his instructions. Our salvation is only possible because of the sacrifice of Jesus. And number three, Number three, this is what the eunuch did. The act of one man can influence a whole nation. The eunuch, after hearing about Jesus, he went back and he preached. And because of him, Ethiopians learned about the Savior, Jesus Christ. On the eve of his death, Jesus invoked this same passage of scripture at the Last Supper. For I tell you, this scripture must be fulfilled in me. And he was counted among the lawless. And indeed, what is written about me is being fulfilled. Jesus is the center of my joy. Thank you so much for that song. It's not the fact that I don't eat certain things. That I don't wear certain things. That I don't go certain places. Jesus must be the center of our joy. And today, if the Spirit led you to 402 South Adams, this place. And the Spirit has convicted you that you are a sinner. And the Spirit has said to you that Jesus is your only Savior. And the Spirit says that the only way you can live right is by the indwelling Christ. And you say, seest thou water? What hinderest thou me if you want to be baptized? Stand to your feet right now. Stand to your feet right now if the Spirit is speaking to you. There may be things you don't understand, but you can be taught. It's all about Jesus. It's not about us and all the things that we saw so entrap ourselves. It's about Jesus. If the Spirit is speaking to you, listen to him. Because I don't know when I leave here today if I'm being able to be back. At any time. Neither do you. Let us not play. With the salvation of others. By telling people. When you think they are ready. To be baptized. Let God direct. Yes we are here as a church. Yes we have a message. But if we are not preaching. Modeling. About Jesus. Jesus. We are wasting our time. Oh, it is Jesus. It is all because of Jesus. Today, if you hear his voice and you want to say, I want to be baptized, it doesn't have to be today, but you heard his voice and you say, I want to be baptized. This is your opportunity to stand up for Jesus. Is there someone who says, Lord, I surrender? Jesus Spirit, it all. I surrender. I'm not going to drag this out. But I'm going to give the spirit a chance to talk with you. Maybe you have been baptized before. And somehow along the way. You feel that things went astray. And you want to say Lord. Today. I know I am a sinner. Today. I know that it is only by Jesus I can be saved. And today I know it is only Jesus who can keep me. If this is your desire, just stand where you are. Father in heaven, we thank you for Joshua. Martin who took his youthful stand for Jesus we thank you for Rick Mason who took his stand for Jesus we ask now that you let all of us to take our stand with you we pray that little Amir when he's of age will stand up and proclaim Jesus Thank you. That is all about Jesus. As we lift up doctrines. As we lift up teachings. May they be bathed in the love and protection of Jesus. Because only Jesus saves. Thank you. In his precious name we pray. Amen.